0: Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply.
1: Keeping an objective eye on the NFC East. Well, and also making fun of the Cowboys. Thank you very much. It's The Beast, a Radio.com podcast about the enemies of the East.
2: All right, welcome into episode two of The Beast. Um, A a little bit unorthodox today because I'm here at the studio, and meanwhile, somebody is at the airport. Hi, John Barchard.
1: Hey, just waiting for my computer because someone, I won't say who, someone might have left his laptop on the way to Tampa at the TSA (laughs) security (laughs) check, and then they said this was the best day that they could do it. And uh, I've been waiting a little bit but they are, you know, they're handling their business so we decided to do it this way and get the, get the people what they deserve which is to make fun of the Cowboys and talk about the NFC. East.
2: Yeah, and we will talk about the NFC East for sure, but first we do have a crisis on our hands, Johns, because uh, this is now the second consecutive week but each of the first two weeks of the season, we've had a tie. And ties are appalling. Like, I can't even imagine uh, being a fan, right? Because that's part of the whole experience here. Like, you go and and nobody knows what to make of it. When you see the press conferences after a tie, uh, the coaches, the players, they don't really know how to feel about it. Players, uh, you know, fans don't know how to feel about it. Like, ties are just, they're bad. They're horrible. We've now seen two in a row. And, like, this is a big problem, right? I think this is a huge problem for the league.
1: The... League has always, for some reason, gone by these archaic rules. They wait all the time until now to be like, oh, hey, you know what? The college game actually does a lot of things right, including, oh, what is the spread offense? And it always takes them forever to be like, all right, this is fun." Like they have all these different weird ass rules, uh, advancing fumbles, like even last night. Fat guys can't advance the ball on a fumble. Baker Mayfield fumbles the football. and can't have one of those big guys come up and do it? What is that? Is Is that a, a play or something? But, yeah, I mean, there's just a lot of these different things that happen. I, I go to the college game. Put it on the 25. Give me a winner of the game. That's always – football's always held that over, like, baseball and all the other things of just – you know, baseball doesn't have a clock and it's boring and, oh, it's not – it's just whatever. They don't even play in the rain. Oh, we're football. We play We play through anything. We wait until the battle is done, except that there's a tie at the end. You know, like it doesn't make any sense <laughs> with the narrative of the game at all. Put them on the 25. Let them score. It can or cannot count, you know, towards their stats. It would make fantasy so much more interesting because you're going, man, they just couldn't get anything done today. And then all of a sudden it takes four overtimes. Aaron Rodgers has a couple of extra, you know, touchdown passes or Drew Brees or whoever. Just... Knock it off or just turn off the clock. First one to score wins. Same rules with the field goal. Like you can go, yeah, you'll, you'll have a, a possession, each have a possession, uh, unless you score a touchdown. Just turn the clock off. First one to score wins. Like it's ridiculous. And that way people would be more aggressive. They're not aggressive because they're like, well, we don't have to lose anything if we just hold them down here. So yeah, I say uh, you either get rid of the clock or adapt to college rules here, Vince.
2: Yeah, because that's one of the dumb things about all this, is the improvement, and I say that with air quotes very sarcastically, was that they went from 15 minutes to 10. That didn't fix anything. It's not like they're playing with more of a sense of urgency because those five minutes are gone. It's just you lost five minutes of the quarter. And so to get these ties, it's not surprising. They totally deserve it. Now, the college football overtime is a popular thing, but, John, uh, sometimes you could say my ideas are a bit radical, No. Um, I've come up with one
1: that I is know. Is that a way to wait? Hold on, hold on. Is that a way to say stupid? Is radical to mean stupid? No, I feel like there's something stupid coming. N-
2: no, radical means revolutionary <laughs> and so incredibly it has a curve and smart that people can't even comprehend it yet. Like oh, okay. I, <laughs> I am the internet in the 1920s, John. That's oh, oh, that's boy. what I am, day in and day out. So here, here's what's going to happen. This is what the NFL needs to do.
1: I feel like there's a mascot involved coming, but okay, here we go.
2: Yeah, uh, actually, the mascots play each other, and that is the game. No, uh, there's a wrestling match at midfield. No, but what, what they do is uh, it's a shootout, John. We've talked about this before. you got to do the shootout. You just line up each team on the two-yard line. You do do-or-die two-point conversions back and forth. It's the college overtime, but just, like, hyper-accelerated. It'd be crazy. It'd be awesome. And I would kill for the shootout to happen in football. I think it's the best thing.
1: Ugh, what are you doing? You just made penalty <laughs> kicks in the NFL. You know, that's all that is. Two-yard plays? Like, no, you got to give the defense and the offense at least a chance there. That's why it's, it usually gets shut down. I mean, I would assume that the percentage points of scoring from the two are extraordinarily high, no? You know, like, that's if you, if you get it on the two-yard line, most of the time, you're just going to go back and forth and back and forth for – five, six times, you know, or are you talking about just one play from the two and that's yeah, it?
2: Yeah, that's it. It's just, it's literally do or die, <laughs> so you get one God. play. So, and no. think about this, John, No, uh, uh, join me, alright? Imagine this, you're sitting in the stands, right? Like, we were there at Tampa Bay, uh, well, let's not think about Tampa Bay, but we're sitting there in the stands <laughs> and we're watching the game, and, and you're looking at one side of the field. On the left side, you've got the Eagles offense against the Cowboys defense. On the right side, you've got the Cowboys offense against the Eagles defense. They're both just standing there at the opposing two yard lines and they just go one play bam done all right huddle up let's call a play on the other side of the field and then dallas goes and then like you just go back and forth and back and forth until one team doesn't score and like the electricity in the stadium would
1: be nuts it'd be amazing it would be penalty kicks in the nfl no thank you yeah i'm out
2: all right well how about this (laughs) i i I want to put it up to people. we'll get a poll going with the show Um, What would you rather have, college overtime or the shootout? We'll see what people say. But, okay. Uh, and you can find that, of course, at Go Birds Pod. We'll be posting that. Um, so, yeah, ties need to be worked on. And, and it affects the playoff picture, like uh, Minnesota having a tie, Green Bay having a tie. It's ugly. So they do have to figure it out one way or another. Now, we do have to talk about the NFC-E. Surprise, this is an NFC-E show. So here's the first thing, John. I mean, you saw the, the Giants-Cowboys game, which was a complete disaster. Like, what an, what an ugly, disgusting affair. But for the Giants side of things, the main question that they ask themselves – week one, and now Giants fans are asking themselves week two, is uh, what's the problem for the offense? Is it Eli or the line? And what do you think?
1: It's everything. I think it's, I mean, it's mostly the offensive line, but it's also Eli Manning. Like, What did, what did they expect to happen? And you added the most boring coach in the world in, uh, in Pat Shurm mm-hmm. and to a point of Mike Francesa yesterday interviewed him and said, God, I would rather go through Root Canal <laughs> on the air at WFAN. And it's bad. true. It's true. Like, you, <laughs> what did you expect to happen? You didn't change anything really about the quality of play your offensive line, even though you told yourself that's what you were doing. You're relying on Will Hernandez, who is still, to me, a, a great pick to have in there, but you've got two offensive tackles that just are not good. And, uh, Nate Solar looks even worse because he's got to carry the rest of that offensive line. They've shuffled through so many different guys. They've tried to work out so many different guys. They traded. They didn't resign. Like, that is a huge deal in this. But also, we've already seen a ton of different people, a ton of different quarterbacks in this league, including last night, Baker Mayfield. And this is what I hate about every narrative. Well, you don't want to get your rookie quarterback killed, or your. but they're letting their quarterback get killed who's not good at doing anything under pressure. Mm-hmm. So... You did this to yourself. You took a guy in Saquon Barkley, and yeah, I know he had a lot of receptions and a lot of yards uh, through the air, but this is the second week in a row now that you, and I don't care what the stats say, you can can look and go, it is not being effective in helping your second-round pick do much of anything. If that was supposed to alleviate pressure from Eli Manning, boy, do you suck, and Dave Gettleman sucks, and this is part of what continues to happen for this Giants crew, which makes, if, if, if you're not celebrating what the Giants are doing, um, uh, then I don't think you're a true Eagles fan. This is phenomenal. They passed up on a really good quarterback class, now leading into, at least it's early in the process, not as great as last, you know, and I feel like we say that all the time too, but, you know, whatever. I, I, don't, I don't see anybody as good right now that's sticking out early on in the college process here. Just going, man, did they screw this thing up? They are now probably two years behind to where they should be or need to be. They need to fix that offensive line first. I don't know if they're going to win a football game. That's how bad they look. It's not like Dallas is some juggernaut. They're good on defense. Byron Jones being back there at corner is exactly what they needed to do. Uh, Jalen Smith looks really good. Uh, You know, uh, (laughs) uh, Lawrence being there is obviously helped them. And, uh, it's uh, it's amazing to me how bad the Giants are and will continue to be.
2: Yeah, the Giants are a mess now. If I had to pick, like, just just one or the other in this debate, it's I go with the line because Eli is bad, but man, you can work around that. Like last year, they found ways to be successful. Eventually, uh, McAdoo switched up the offense, which we saw against the Eagles. Right, they started to do that quick slant game nonstop. They were able to dink and dunk their way down the field, a million little paper cuts, as you like to say, and and did some damage. But you know what? Here's the most indicting thing is in that game against Dallas, Saquon Barkley rushing the ball, 11 rushes, 28 yards. That's a horrible, horrible stat line. Meanwhile, he's got 14 catches, Saquon, 14 catches for 80 yards. So they wanted to get him the ball some way. Clearly. And they realized that the running game wasn't worth it. I mean, 14 catches is ridiculous for anybody. And that's, that tells you a lot about how bad it is for the offensive line. It's the only way they can get Saquon going. So uh, you worry a lot about that offensive line. And like you said with Solder, they want him to carry this thing. And they gave him the big top of the line left tackle contract. It does not look good right now. So they got a lot of questions, and uh, they're going to have to – they can't even fix the offensive line this year. There's nothing you can do. Like the Eagles, sure, you signed Jordan Matthews to fill the hole, and I know you and ESP yelled about that. Uh, but, (laughs) But, like, that's so different than finding an offensive lineman to play every single down of significant snaps, especially in a division where the defensive lines are so good. Like, the Skins have a couple of players that can pass rush. The Cowboys, like you said, have a few, and we'll talk about them in a minute. And the Eagles, I mean, their line is ridiculous. So for the Giants, horrible week for them. Uh, well, they, even real
1: quick, yeah. that's, I, I, I didn't even put together 14 receptions. That's five yards. That is five <laughs> yards at a time that you're throwing Saquon Barkley. That's it. Yeah. So helping your fantasy, which I'm happy for you if he did it and took the gamble and said, all right. But this was always my biggest concern. It was for the Giants. It's not Saquon. It's just they're going to throw him to the wolves. And this could be... Um, another couple of years problem unless they actually turn and really really focus on it. On top of which, you know, again, <laughs> just everything else, five million dollars or whatever on Jonathan Stewart. Okay, like yeah, it's uh, Gettleman loves running backs. I don't I don't know what it is, but uh, I don't have a computer and uh, or, or and obviously I'm waiting for it. I don't look at the analytics of a, a lot of that <laughs> stuff, and I can tell you, Dave Gettleman, you don't need analytics to realize how dumb of a selection that was for what your team needed. And uh, I enjoy it now. I don't know. Do you think that the giants are now the worst team in the division? Cause I had a, we, last week we had a little inkling and it might be Dallas, Yeah, but I, I, I don't, <laughs> they're, they're clearly racing to the bottom. And how do you, do, how do you do that? Vince for the top five pick? How do you do that? How are you worse than, or, or the same? How are you the same or worse than you were last year with the top five pick?
2: Yeah, because you ignore everything about the future of football, the current status of football. They just haven't done anything that's progressive whatsoever. And so, and when you go and draft a running back, the problem is that running backs are. Uh, this is fun. Running backs are like the Megazord, John. Uh, if you want to assemble the Megazord, it uh, sure. Hey, great. The Megazord's awesome. It's big. It, it knocks over buildings and bad guys. But you need assembly to do it. There's a lot of pieces that go together to build the Megazord. It, like you have Saquon Barkley, that's awesome. Him. what is he without an offensive line? What is LaShawn McCoy in Buffalo, uh, now that they're so bad, without an offensive line? He's not anything. And so it's just, it's such a complicated, uh, it, well, it's not a complicated thing, but the Giants don't seem to understand that, and that's why they're in the basement. So uh, they are, and right now, they're clearly the worst team in the division. Uh, that they, they just got stomped, as much as the score says 20-13. to 13, It was not that close, even a little bit. And so they lose to Dallas. They'll play the Texans next week. Texans 0-2, but obviously a better team than Dallas, and they're going to Houston, or better than the Giants, and and the Giants are going to Houston. So let's talk about Dallas for a second, though, because Dallas, they come out of this game, and I'll tell you, John, I went to blogging the boys, um, the, the, the Cowboys blog, and I see this post that just... It blew me away. They're like, yeah, Dallas is a top five defense right now. And I was like, there's no effing way. There's no effing way. And I went and I looked at the article. and Oh, wait, we can curse. There's no fucking way. So I looked at the article, and here's the thing. 29 points total over the two games that they've played. 274 yards a game on average. Fifth fewest passing yards in the league. They had six sacks against the Giants. And you know what? That's the thing. They played the Giants, John. Like, the idea that people are going to say that the Dallas defense is good... Uh, like actively, like a top five, top ten unit, I think is ridiculous. They play the Panthers, who aren't a good offensive team. Like they're, they are the definition of a phone booth kind of team. Just like gritty, grinding. They don't have a lot of big plays and and a solid defense. And the Giants who blow. Like how can you have any sort of legitimate reading on any uh, on what that defense is at this point in the year?
1: Well, you're not going to. And the beauty of this is. Uh, You know, and we'll find out, too, because last night on the preview show, I picked Seattle to, because they're at home, and even the line is telling you not to pick Seattle, it's one of those feelings, you know, it's a late 425 start, they're doing all this, they have, but Seattle's still a bad team, so, um, as I said, I'm not going to say that the Dallas Cowboys defense is awful or overrated, well, from the blogging the boys perspective, I can actually hear the drool and the slurping going on <laughs> as you're reading that, so not like that, but I'm just saying, um, to call them a top five defense, sure, it's good for clicks and things like that. But uh, like you said, Panthers, they're a good team. you know that's an opener. They were at home, they didn't score too much, and then the Panthers against the Falcons uh, you know lit it up and got into a little shootout the week before. They had to deal with the Giants, as you said. They got to deal with the Seahawks. The next challenge that they have, win or lose, is the Lions after that. You know, you're not going to see anything that's a good offense until they go face the Texans in a couple of weeks here. So I think they're good. Stingy, James Seltzer's favorite coach of all time, uh, Rob Marinelli, is down there, and he's doing (laughs) the same things, except it's with a little more talent. Like, I do give them credit. I think that's – I I, – it's from broad, not including blogging the boys. I would say they're slightly underrated right now at this point in time because they do play fast and um, you know Sean Lee and whatever and the the rest of those guys that are there. Uh, the secondary does look a lot better. It does. Um, and even saying that it's you can still see where the the same holes are. You know. And, and again, just comparing it to the Eagles and what they do offensively. And granted, we don't. Uh, know what kind of rust is going to be there with Carson, but we've seen all this stuff before, man. I mean, you can you can do pretty much anything you want to those guys at any given time in the same way that uh, it looked like the Eagles kind of fell apart against Tampa Bay. It's, there's, there's not like a, a, a climbing towards, wow, this group can be really special. It's just a, a good defense that's going to ebb and flow. And um, it, again, to me, I don't know if you saw this too or not, Vince, but I mean, I fell asleep during the game because uh, it was boring. Yeah, once
2: it hit, um, once it five minutes left, I did fall asleep. Like they, <laughs> they had that last touchdown with Zeke to get twenty points, and I was like, "That's it." But night, night.
1: Good night. And then I woke up to a nice uh, Evan Ingram. Oh, uh, garbage touchdown! Thank you, my fantasy team says hello. And um, and but that's pretty much it. I mean, you still—it's still not a smooth running offense. Hey, Tavon Austin. Got in there, and congrats to him on being, I think, the first guy that's listed as RB wide receiver um, on ESPN's fantasy thing for the first time in in years. I don't think I've I've seen that in a very long time. Yeah, Uh, But, I mean, it's just still, yeah, Dak Prescott looked a little better. Um, Ezekiel Elliott looked like he was running. But again, it's the Giants. It's the Giants. And if if somebody like Carolina can easily just disrupt you uh, like that, then um, you know, this is still kind of preseason-ish for everybody in week two. I- I'm still pretty sure that the Giants and the Cowboys are the bottom two of this division, despite which we'll talk about a little bit. Uh, you know, the Colts going up against Washington, and obviously mm-hmm. the Eagles are going to play them on Sunday. But uh, I still wasn't impressed. It just seemed like drives stalled out when they shouldn't have. And it's the boring old Scott Linehan. Des Bryant was probably right about you offense. Like it's it's boring. It's so Incredibly boring and predictive right now.
2: Yeah, so nothing inspiring from the Giants to ta- or the Cowboys to take away from that game as much as they're going to try to make it seem that way. And and again, they do play the Seahawks, who are zero and two, and that'll be a fun one because the pass rush. Hey, when you get six sacks, that's great. Can you do it against Russell Wilson? Uh, unless you're the Bears, probably not. So here, here's the other thing. Uh, talking about the Skins, like uh, one, we'll talk about the game in a sec, but uh, two. They have a sellout streak, John. I don't know if you know about this. They had a sellout streak that was going, apparently, for 50 years. Since 1967, the Skins have allegedly, and I I say that very strongly, allegedly, sold out every single game, preseason, regular season, since 1967. Now, here's here's a fun little wrinkle that goes into all of this, is that They've reduced the seats in the stadium. They had, they did it three times in five years. <laughs> so oh if you were to explain how you can lose seats three years, three times in five years, and still be selling out every single night, I mean, I'd love to hear that explanation. But that's what that's the kind of like Houdini BS that Dan Snyder tries to pull down there. So their streak is dead. They no longer have the sellout. They got booed off the field against Indianapolis. It was a really ugly game for them, and, and I think this was, this was a game that, which, while you're at the airport now, we watched this game at the airport, getting ready to fly yeah. back from Tampa, and all you can see... Which, by the say, way, yeah. we
1: totally almost missed that flight. Because, we did. Uh, I was at the wrong gate, and I led Vince in the wrong direction to thinking that it was our gate, and we heard our names over the intercom for the first time yeah, they actually in, in my over airport it. life.
2: It was great. Yeah, uh, Vince, Vincent Quinn, and John Bachard. Yeah, Bachard. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Could you please come to the gate? And We like ran literally all the way across the terminal. Uh, that was fun. So w- we did catch the flight, but the thing that really stuck with us about this game was the idea that everything that we thought about Washington in week one that we talked about last week is still true. They're a team that needs the running backs to succeed. Uh, the Colts did a good job of shutting that down, and they only put up nine points. Like It was not an impressive game at all for Washington.
1: It was always back to the discussion, which um, I think we had last week, too, with the offseason, how this was just really random. It was so random that Washington did all this, Weird, crazy shit, and it didn't really get that much of attention after the draft, when they just kind of pushed forward. You're sitting there going like, wow, you know, did they really just forego their fourth-round pick that they hit on, that they tagged, that they don't plan on keeping? And more and more, you just give the sense that along with ownership, like that was also a coaching decision, and Jay really wanted Alex Smith in there because he can run the system and not make mistakes. He can make all the certain throws, but boy, Oh boy, is this, was this like a typical Alex Smith game? (laughs) Like it's, it is, uh, it is not what you saw in Kansas city and same problems and same issues. Some drops in there too, but I just, you know, Alex Smith wasn't as sharp and I got to say the Colts defensive line played really well. Just like you said, you know, they, they were managing Adrian Peterson and you can, Definitely, still tell throughout that every time he touched the ball. I think I commented to you, it's just like, yeah, he's still slow. Like he's missed that step, and that's a random. That's what I'm saying. You drafted, they drafted a bunch of running backs too. You know, Samaj P. Ryan, and it brought a couple, a lot of guys in there. Our boy Chris Thompson is still the one that is catching every single ball and is the big part of their third down offense. Like nothing has changed from last week, except they just. They didn't put up any points, and a few no-name corners for the Colts just were able to slow these things down. Now Jay Good with making plays. You know, like, there's, you're going like, holy crap, what is, what is up with the Colts? So, yeah, and defensively, I don't know what you saw, but it's just uh, Andrew Luck going out there and beating people up with T.Y. Hilton and Jack Doyle and Eric Ebron, and that's how they went down there. It wasn't that impressive either. I don't think the Colts' running game – was uh, was that impressive either? But they still made plays here and there, and that's what. And ultimately, won, won them the game. Alex Smith was boring. Jay Gruden's boring. They'll be uh, a boring second place, seven and nine team by the end of the year.
2: Yeah, probably. And, and here's the other thing too, because you're talking so much about Alex Smith, and I 100% agree with you. Is that like last year's attendance for the the home opener was apparently 20,000 people more? Think about that. They lost 20,000 people in a single year, and the only major change really is Kirk Cousins. So I wonder if the fans have lost a little bit of faith as well just from the fact that Alex Smith was going to be starting for their team. I think it's a fair question to ask, and as the season you know goes on, I think we're going to hear a lot more, and we'll be talking a lot more about Kirk Cousins. But yeah, to talk about the Colts, Um, Andrew Luck looks like he's back because the one question that we were talking about as we were watching the game was like okay, he's making these throws in the short range he looks accurate he's throwing guys open here and there he's standing up in the pocket all that stuff looks good mobility, everything looks good can he throw the ball down the field? and then he hit a ball 55 yards just like a perfect pass to T.Y. Hilton and it was like okay, there you go so in terms of the Colts and what the Eagles are going to have to deal with, like you said, weapons. Uh, Ebron and Doyle and Hilton, and those running backs, right? Those three running backs that they have there in Naheem Hines, Jordan Wilkins, and Marlon Mack, they're not big names, any of them, but they're fun players, and they use those guys a lot. So the rotation of running backs is going to be another thing that the Eagles are going to have to be able to keep their eye on. They catch passes, they run reasonably well. Uh, it's, It's a diverse backfield. So the problems that the Colts are going to present obviously j- just with that offense but also the fact that Frank Reich is there and the defensive line did look good like the, the Skins have a good offensive line and there was a point in the game where you're like who are these guys on the Colts that are they're busting up this Skins line you know like they they have had a, sh- a strong showing so far they got a lot of young players on that defense and so uh, the, the Colts are an interesting team i think they're better than people expect and it's going to be it's going to be a better matchup than the than I think a lot of Eagles fans expect, John.
1: Oh yeah, uh, that's why we we kind of that's my that oh, was my preseason prediction actually. Is the Colts actually slide up there and make the playoffs. Now the Jaguars are ruining and making me look stupid because I didn't you know I didn't I didn't think that I they were going to have a little bit of a step back and mm-hmm. they haven't done that so far. But it's the exact same process and what they're doing. And you and I commented we said it on the preview show too. and you want a full breakdown of what we were talking about? That's definitely in the feed there too. But you know, Jabal Sheard kept popping out on the tape. We're going, how the fuck is he in the backfield all the time? Like, why is he there? He was the one that was giving Alex Smith and the, the rest of that uh, offensive line fits. They moved him around a couple of times too. I think he stacked up Trent Williams at one point. You're going, Jesus, you know, what is it? What is it with this guy? So um, I, uh, yeah, I think the Colts are a playoff team and that's, a lot because of head coach Andrew Luck and being smarter. Like they were, they have not been a smarter organization. Now, forget the front office. We can make fun of them all day, but just on the field, just terrible decisions all around in terms of like even trying to get Andrew Luck to a point of where you needed him to be. Or, you know, for this point in his career, I feel like the Colts wasted so much of Andrew Luck's potential. Uh, And firepower, even before all this injury, like single-handedly, people forget, he single-handedly almost brought back uh, or did bring them back against the Kansas City Chiefs, which, hey, guess what? You know, (laughs) Peterson definitely saw that game there because the next year he got hired as the Eagles head coach. But you, you remember all of that stuff, and you're going, wow. That guy can go out there and make plays, and sure, like, Every every there goes, well, he throws interceptions. Yeah, because he's throwing 45 times or 50 times a game with literally no help. And, again, that's a, another great example. Going back to the Giants, the Colts did not have a good offensive line in forever, forever, until maybe this year where their interior is a lot better. Uh, and that shows. That definitely shows. Now, they're still struggling. Pass protection, their tackles are still their weakest points. But the Colts are a playoff team right now. Uh, and even even saying that, they're, you know, I, I just think they're going to lose this game. But, um, you know, they played Cincinnati tough in the open. They went and handled their business in Washington. Now they're facing the Super Bowl champions, which Frank Reich knows all about. I, I mean, if you're not ready for 20-yard stop routes where you know, they're just going to obliterate Jalen Mills and Sidney Jones because of what Jim Schwartz likes to do, that's what you're going to see a lot in this game, you know. Ebron, Jack Doyle, all that. The middle of the field, they're going to exploit that as much as Jim Schwartz likes the playoff coverage. Um, I think Frank is going to have a few surprises. Uh, honestly, Vince, I think this game is going to be incredibly tight. I don't buy the line at all. I don't think the, the Eagles are six-and-a-half-point favorites at home in this one. Um, we'll have to wait and see, and hopefully I'm wrong on that. I still think the Eagles win. I just think it's going to... This is going to come down to the wire.
2: Yeah, I think so too. It's going to be a fun game. It's it's totally going to be a, a hell of a matchup. So, real quick, the Skins are going to be playing the Packers uh, and that's a that's a fun game as well. Packers 1-0 and 1, of course, because of the tie. Now, let's talk about the rest of the league. Uh, I got the top five for you, John. I've ranked the top right. five teams in the league, and, and uh, I'll I'll state my case and you tell me how you feel. So, number one, obviously, you have to go with the Rams. I don't think there's any choice. They're just c- consistently dominant. They're, they're doing the things that the Eagles did last year when they started to hit their stride, and they're doing it right off the bat. They're just blowing teams out. And so when I'm looking at the Rams, I, I can't think of anybody better. They've got to be the best team in the league. Uh,
1: yeah, and this is... I know that everyone keeps continuing to try and avoid saying, wow, these guys are fucking amazing. The Rams are fucking amazing. They're amazing. (laughs) Like, they are so good. If you're not shitting your pants, I don't think you're a real fan. Because you're going and looking at it and going, ooh, you're going to go, John, they're Super Bowl champions. Listen, Jason Peters might not make it through this game. Carson Wentz just came off the injury. All of that stuff. I am confident that they will be at that level by the time it matters at the end of the year. But you can throw out, well, the Rams are just the dream team shit in the trash can. Cause yep. They are for real. They're going to play the Chargers. I agree. Rams are number one.
2: Yeah, the, the Rams are great, man. I, they remind me of the Broncos from like 2014 when they brought in DeMarcus Ware and they brought in, uh, what was it, like Welker and, and Peyton Manning. It was just like, oh, my God, this team is ridiculous. And the Rams are, are filling up on that. Number two is the team. Oh, that, yeah. All, yeah also, okay. real,
1: all, real quick. Jared Goff is playing quarterback very well. It's not just the system. Mm -hmm. It's not the system. He is. Anticipation throws and all that. Him and McVay together are great, but... Time to start going like, okay, Jared Goff might actually be really good. Doesn't get brought up in the discussion. Just wanted to point that out.
2: Yeah, it's only a second year with real coaching, so it's going to be fascinating to see exactly what numbers he puts up over the course of the year. Uh, Number two is the team that has a terrible quarterback, but you know what? He was dominant. I did not expect this at all. He was dominant on Sunday. That's Blake Bortles and the Jags. Uh, They looked like the Pats did the exact thing they had to do which was, we're going to shut down the running game, we're going to force Bortles to throw the ball like 40 times, and, and he did well, and the Jags were able to come out with a win against New England. That was a tough game. Like uh, New England made a, a charge late, but the Jags held on. I'm impressed by the Jags.
1: I'm almost there. Uh, I don't know if I would call them the second-best team in the league, but it's kind of hard not to right now. Just like you said, they're 2-0. and They handled their business. Um, there isn't. Uh, I mean, I'm not going to put the Bucks up there. They're two and zero. That's the same. The Bengals are two and zero. I'm not going to yeah. put them up there. They're the same. I would say that's a, it's a little too high, just based on they. Blake Burrows had an amazing quarter and a half, and then was Blake Burrows again. Made some other really good throws towards the end of going win them that game to make sure. But like, I I still can't do that because of the QB. I think that's going to haunt them forever. They're going to be the new. Hey, we made it to the AFC Championship game again. Why didn't we make it to the Super Bowl? That's what I I truly believe, but I don't mind them at two this week.
2: Yeah, for now, because you beat New England, and New England I do have at number three. It was a tough game. It was a a bad matchup for them, frankly, because you have those corners— and, they, and they, they just added Josh Gordon, so as much as the loss sucks, I mean, my God, uh, they put his locker next to Tom Brady's, depending on who you believe. I, I saw Howard Eskin was on WIP, and he was saying that Gordon had the option to come to the Eagles. They offered the same package, but uh, he wanted to go to New England. He wanted to play with Tom Brady. So I look at New England, and I, I can't do anything but place them at third, John.
1: Um. Yeah, I put the Chiefs above them right now. Ooh, uh, okay, uh, I, kn- I know that the Chiefs are on your list, right? Yeah.
2: Oh, they're they're on here. We'll get to them shortly.
1: Uh, I would say the Chiefs are there. I mean, you can't. It's it's just a whole entire different thing, and you're going, Sean, Andy Reid, this whole thing. It's gonna. Yeah, I know, but it's week two, and Patrick Mahomes is playing the best QB spot in the world right now. There is no one that is playing as as well as he is and doing it with limited amount of passes. And granted, people are wide open, and you know, there's just like three or four guys that are always wide open. I don't know what they're kind of concocting, but Patrick Mahomes, to me, is way ahead of where you would see any type of QB at this level, way ahead. He's playing like he's been in the league for five years and then also has the talent of a top-ten quarterback to go along with that. He made and and just adjusted his eyes. To screw with everybody the last couple of weeks. So I'm sticking with the Chiefs there.
2: Yeah, I put the Chiefs at five and, and the reason I did that is because I think they're the, they're the most exciting offense in the NFL. There's no one I'd rather watch play football right now on offense than the Chiefs, but God, their defense is awful. <laughs> and I'm thinking of they're like the classic New Orleans Saints team in this Drew Brees era where you're just going to put up crazy points like the Chiefs are going to win a lot of games where they have 35 points on the scoreboard 42 points on the scoreboard but they're also going to have like 38 points against them and that's my issue with this team as much as I like them and they're fun I don't know how their defense gets better and so I'm riding this wave but and they deserve to be in the top five but I can't put them higher than five at the moment
1: okay all right so they're at five then that means who is at number four
2: number four is our good rival and uh and depending on who you talk to my favorite team the minnesota vikings john
1: (laughs) (laughs) yeah i uh i see they're they're weird too they're doing the same thing like uh, kirk caviar let a let it come back for that really great tie that we were talking about. Yeah. Again, I almost want to put the Packers there instead. Ooh. Um, now that becomes, you know, Aaron Rodgers just said today, Hey, um, my knee might be more fucked up as if I keep playing and you're going, Oh, well, that's not good. But, um, uh, if Aaron Rodgers stays with the Packers, I think they're uh, the top five team. Uh, I think they're better than the Bengals or whoever kind of, Uh, you know, round that out there. Now, the Eagles, to me, are still in the top 10, and Carson Wentz is probably going to propel them into these rankings, I hope, by uh, by, uh, this time next week. But uh, I don't know. I'm really curious. I'm still not sold on the Vikings overall. They're a great team. I'm not trying to say that they're not a Super Bowl contender. They are. Mm -hmm. It's just when we're talking about those top five guys. I don't know if they're hitting that stride yet. They have the same problem with the as the Eagles do, you know. And we always kind of say um, it's easier for the Vikings' defense to play where they are because they're at home. It's in a dome. And that all makes sense. But they have the same issue. Their defense really screws up when it's away. I don't know if Cousins is the, is is going to be the comeback king uh, of all time. Unless there's like, wouldn't that be amazing if the Vikings were able to tie like four times this year? Uh, just based on that alone with all their away games, set a new record. But I'm not completely sold that they have the package that's all there together. But, hey, you know, Dan Bailey, welcome aboard, I guess, right? He wins out this week.
2: How weird is it that a guy that was historically the best kicker of all time and, and he's sitting on the, on the street? Like, I don't know. I don't know what to make of that, but it, it's so weird.
1: You know what's going to happen now, right, though? I mean, they will be in a situation where they need a field goal to either get further in the playoffs to the Super Bowl, to the NFC Championship game, and Dan Bailey's going to hook that shit wide left. You know that's coming. Like, of course, because it's Dan Bailey. Like, well, we've solved our kicker problem. We finally got, we went through the Blair Walsh thing. We went, like, we're done now. Dan Bailey's the guy. It's going to be Morton fucking Anderson 2.0. Mark my <laughs> words. Just get ready for it, because yeah. there's no way. It's just, it's just going to happen.
2: And Minnesota will just collapse into itself. That would just be, like, I can't even imagine the disaster that that would be, especially if it happens against the Eagles because now there's such a beef between Minnesota and here. But, uh, yeah, so so to round out the top five again, it was Rams, Jags, Pats, Vikings, Chiefs. Now, we would be making a big mistake if we didn't talk about my favorite thing outside of the top five, which is the worst team in the league. Which, Uh, my God, it's the Buffalo Bills, right? You can't have anybody else.
1: We need to, and this is the thing, Vince, we need a name for this award every week. Like, I don't, what do we call it? Because I, I had a kind of an idea of just like, well, we, the Browns aren't the Browns anymore, so maybe it should just be the Browns Award, you know, or something like that. But I know we can get way more creative, so at GoBirdSpot, no at Intimates Quinn, at John Barchard for any suggestions on what this award should be. But good Lord, the bill, he, he said it again. Sean McDermott said it again. <laughs> <laughs> he went out and said, I got to look at the tape to determine whether or not Nathan Peterman, who sucks yeah. asshole." all. Uh, and this has <laughs> been my from it is the most frustrating thing that I watched. And I cannot stand. And you know how vocal I was when Bradford and Wentz here were together. And I thought that they were going to sit Carson Wentz. I go, what in the fuck are you guys doing? If you draft a quarterback in the first round, he better be playing immediately. Yeah. I don't care who's in front of him, what your cap situation is, because you can always turn back to that guy. It's inevitable you drafted him to take over the franchise, unless it is Tom Brady, Aaron Rodgers, or whatever quarterback situation you have right now. I'll even say it was acceptable because Alex Smith had you know, success in Kansas City to do all that. That's fine, but unless you're in that situation there is no reason why Sam Bradford, Joe Flacco, Nathan Peterman is starting in front of the guy that you said this is good let him go get reps make see what you have to do and adjust why would you wait an entire week, two weeks? To me, I don't care. Cleveland pissed away two opportunities to go in football games. If you're not telling me that Baker Mayfield is good enough to break a tie or avoid a three-point loss, in New Orleans, you're crazy. The way that he went out there and played and was decisive and goes, "This is what I've always been used to doing. I've got to go and do it." The Bills have to sink or swim, and guess what? They're going to fucking sink. Josh Allen sucks anyway. But you got to find <laughs> out what that guy is. It's amazing to me how bad this Buffalo Bills franchise is run. If I was them, I wouldn't show up. I'd tell them to move to Toronto or do like I, just you're done. The same. I, I'm done. Like you. I, I, I can't imagine what they're talking about in Buffalo right now. If that was happening in Philadelphia. I, 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 there would be a rally. There would be a get the fuck out rally. Like, <laughs> Je- Jeffrey Laurie, you're done. Get out.
2: Well, speaking of <sighs> fucking and Buffalo, welcome back, Jordan Matthews. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah.
1: Well, yeah. Well, apparently, that's the only thing it's good for. See? Yeah. yeah. If you're talking to Marshawn Lynch, it's all about Applebee's. You're talking to Jordan Matthews, you're making babies. Yeah. So, Let's go to Buffalo, I guess.
2: <laughs> I'll get laid in an Applebee's. Why not? Um, all <laughs> right, so, yeah, uh, that's going to wrap up the show. Any closing thoughts you got before we uh, officially close this thing out, John?
1: Uh, I would say that if you're listening to this right now, uh, you need to get yourself to Maggie's on the Waterfront in Philadelphia because we are going to be there in Sidney Jones' Yes, that Sydney Jones is going to be there along with us for the Eagles pep rally. So Ava awesome. Graham, Ava Graham's going to hang out. We're going to give away tickets to the Eagles Colts tonight. Uh, before you leave, you'll have them in hand and ready to go. $2 Bud Lights. It's going to be a really fun time. Uh, other than that, we'll see everybody on Sunday at the Jet Row lot. 1 o'clock, we're ready to rock and roll, man.
2: Yeah, there you go. So make sure you, uh, you follow up on everything here. What would you rather have for the overtime? Would you rather have the college style? Would you rather have the shootout like I'm all about? Well, that's going to be up uh, at Go Birds Pod. And again, we're looking for suggestions. What, what do you want to call the worst team in the league? I want to give this a word out every single week on this show. So for the worst team in the league, we do need a name again at It's Vince oh, Quinn, at Vince. John Barchard. Yeah, go ahead.
1: Oh, my God. I, this has to be our final thought. Uh, because I just saw this from John Uh, (laughs) Machada. Jerry Jones on 105.3 The Fan says, I'm excited to have a QB like Dak Prescott that can move around and isn't fragile. Quote, he runs like he's the daddy. I think we should use him. He's the real deal when he decides to tuck it up. He's the daddy. daddy." Oh, my God. Vince Quinn. My goodness.
2: What an embarrassment Jerry Jones is. Uh, Wow. Okay, so... (laughs) So with that, I am the Daddy Vince Quinn. That is John Bartred. John, I hope you get they your laptop me, at some point.
1: They call me Poop Daddy because that's what that's Jordan right. Matthews referred. Poop so, daddy. Vince Quinn's the real Daddy. I'm the Poop Daddy. There we go.
2: <laughs> well, get your laptop, Poop Daddy, and uh, and we'll talk to you next <laughs> week.
1: All right. Thanks, Vince.
2: Let's right, see it. <laughs>
1: Hi Rich John Barcher from 94 WIP in the Go Birds pod. Leave me a message. I'll get back to you shortly. Thank you. At the tone, please record your message. When you have finished recording, you may hang up or press one for more options.
2: Hi, John. This is Vince. You suck. Bye.